Greetings, this is Leon Armstrong, the founding pastor of World Overcomers Ministries Church in the city of Madison, Mississippi. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Living Truth Broadcast. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us on the web at woministries.org. If you are visiting in the Jackson, Madison, Mississippi area, you are welcome always to be our guest. You can locate us at 444 Pebble Creek Drive, Madison, Mississippi. It is our prayer that you are richly blessed by the Word of God. Please receive now our word for today. Anybody ready for the word this morning? Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I just, I get excited about God's word. I'm not talking about my words. I'm talking about God's words. I get excited about it every day. I burn with the passion to always be able to consume his word and to even talk about his word. And so we're going to talk about some things this morning. We're going to have a little minor marathon through the scriptures. And I'm going to ask you to turn as we find a place in Numbers Chapter 18, I'm picking up where I was last week concerning inheriting the Lord. Uh, the Lord is their inheritance. This will be sort of part two uh, of this message series. And uh, um, this has to do with what it means to overcome and what it means to us as we look at the Old Testament pictures and how that relates to us as New Testament saints. Uh, out of all of the Old Testament tribes, the tribe of Levi were called to inherit differently than the rest of the tribes that inherited the land flowing with milk and honey, and how that God would not allow the Levites to inherit with them. But he told them that the Lord, he says, I am your inheritance, which is a higher inheritance. And we liken that unto the New Testament overcomer. If there's a group of people in the church of Jesus Christ who has that same zeal as the Levites, and we showed you what made the Levites stand out. Why, why did God choose them to inherit him? And we saw when Moses came off of that mountain after receiving the commandments, and he asked this question while they are partying and worshiping around the calf, the golden calf, that he's asked who is on the Lord's side. And we saw where the Levites were the one who speedily raced to the side where Moses stood. And so they demonstrated a zeal to put God first and therefore God chose them to be the priests, the ones that will handle the uh, sanctuary and the altar and the holy things of God. And he would not allow them to inherit what everyone else was inheriting but he would bless them with everything they need because he was their inheritance. I pray that the church gets this revelation that we're not supposed to go seeking after the things of this world as our blessing. But your premier blessing is to seek after God. And because you make that choice to do that, that executive decision will lead to God giving you everything. Not only everything that everyone else has, he gives you the best of everything. 
That's the ultimate result. And so uh, you almost have to negate and leave and just separate yourself from chasing everything that everyone else is chasing and chase after God. And then watch God lead you to bless you with everything that you would ever want and more for. That's why scripture says, I believe now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Our God does wonders for those who seek after him and make, make him his his first their first choice so here in numbers 18 we're just going to piggyback a little bit here and then move into another picture i want to show you another picture in the old testament that's, that demonstrates this high regard for god this zeal uh, for God, for those who make the decision to come run after God, I've got to have him. I've got to be with him, and, and, and God is my inheritance. Uh, here in, in, in 18 of, of Numbers, and I want you to see here in verse 20, and it says the same thing, and I believe we read this last Sunday. It says, and the Lord uh, spake unto Aaron, thou shalt have no inheritance in the land, neither shalt thou have any part among them, I am thy part and thine inheritance among the children um, of Israel. And behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in, the, uh, in Israel for an inheritance for their service, which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. So a lot of all of the offerings and gifts that the other people brought in to worship the Lord, the Lord received it as worship and turned around and gave it to the Levites for their inheritance because the Lord is their inheritance. But I want, to, I want you to see something, a particular characteristic, because we're, we're focusing on what, what the zeal is concerning. And I want you to understand the importance. What does it look like? What, what, is it, what kind of attitude does this reflect? If you look at the same chapter in verse 8, it says, And the Lord spake unto Aaron, Behold, I also have given thee the charge of my heave offerings, of all of the hallowed things, holy things of the children of Israel. Unto thee have I given them by reason of the anointing. By reason of what? The anointing. And to my sons by an ordinance forever. This shall be thine of the most holy things reserved from the fire, every oblation of theirs or offering, every meat offering of theirs, and every sin offering of theirs, and every trespass offering of theirs, which they shall render unto me shall be most holy for thee and for thy sons. In the most holy place shalt thou eat it. Every male shall eat it, and it shall be holy unto thee. And so because the Levites put God first, and God chose them to be the ones who would service him and service be over his tabernacle, be over the holy things, he entrusted them, in other words, with the holy things because of their regard, their esteem of God and respect for God, he gives them holy things and says, this I will entrust to you. And he told him in several places, he said, listen, I'm holding you responsible for these holy things. 
these, the, you shall bear the iniquity of these things. In other words, this is your responsibility. If someone comes in here and makes a mockery of this, you handle that. You deal with that. If you allow it, that's a reflection against you. If you correct it, that's, that's an honor toward you. So you have the responsibility to say, no, I won't allow this with the holy things of God, or this is what is allowable with the holy things of God. That's up to us. So, and know that we are all priests. God calls the church, we are all priests unto our God. We are that royal priesthood unto God. So as priests, we are called to handle holy things. This is our responsibility. No one else is allowed to deal with or to handle the holy things of God except the church of Jesus Christ. And so we have to demonstrate what is the attitude, what mindset is there uh, that we should reflect or that we should uh, have in context of the holy things. And so I'm, I'm going to uh, read some other things. Let's, let's just turn to... Uh, um, Exodus, no, let's turn to Ezekiel. Let's go here. Let's just look at another picture. Ezekiel 44. Ezekiel 44. All right. And we're going to see some things concerning the priesthood, those that were priests. We're going to see how priests can go off course. What happens when priests do not honor the holy things of God? And listen, this is not something that says you have to be a, some kind of holy roller and dress a certain way and become some external spectacle of some religious doctrine. We're not talking about some man-induced holiness. Uh, that, that holiness is good in terms of how we live, but I want you to show the attitude. It's the attitude that we have and respect that we have to recognize God for who he is. And we, we have such a respect for it. We conduct ourselves a certain way and we respect the things that, that God has given us. So we won't treat the things of God as common. Uh, we don't treat his church as, as something that like, like going to your neighborhood supermarket or restaurant. This coming to the house and things like that. These are things that are privileged that are given to us by our God. And so here we're, we're talking about respecting, knowing the difference, knowing the difference of things of God and things that are just earthly or eternal. There's the things as it requires a, a different attitude. Uh, what did I tell you to turn Ezekiel, right? Okay, look at Ezekiel. Let me find it real quick. But we're gonna look at Ezekiel 44. And uh, I'm going to start at verse 6 uh, to look at what we don't want to be and what we have to be careful not to be. 44 verse 6 says, And thou shalt say to the rebellious, even to the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, you house of Israel, let it suffice you to all your abominations. In that you have brought into my sanctuary strangers uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh to be in my sanctuary, to pollute it, even my house, when you offer my bread and the fat and the blood and that have broken my covenant because of all your abominations. And you have not kept the charge in my holy things. My what? My holy things. 
but you have set keepers in my charge, in my sanctuary for yourselves. Thus saith the Lord God, no stranger, uncircumcised in heart, nor uncircumcised in flesh, shall enter into my sanctuary of any stranger that is among the children of Israel, and the Levites uh, that are gone away far from me, when Israel went astray, which went astray away from me after their idols, they shall even bear their iniquity. Yet they shall be ministers in my sanctuary, having charge at the gates of the house and ministering to the house. They shall slay the burnt offerings and the sacrifice for the people, and they shall stand before them to minister unto them because they ministered unto them before their idols and caused the house of Israel to fall into iniquity. Therefore, I have lifted up mine hand against them, saith the Lord, and they shall not come near they shall not come near, they shall not come near unto me to do the office of a priest unto me, nor to come near to, <clears throat> unto, uh, to any of my holy things, not come near to any of my holy things in the most holy place, but they shall bear their shame and their abominations which they have committed. But I will make them keepers of the charge of the house for all the service thereof and for all uh, that shall be done in therein. And so we see here an example of the Levites, the priest, who had the charge of holy things, but they disregarded the holiness. They didn't treat holy things which are in a way that they should have been. No respect. They let anyone come in that would not qualify to be in charge of holy things. And God says, you're allowing certain attitudes, you're allowing certain behavior, you're allowing certain people to do the things that they're not qualified to do. And so they allowed evil, they allowed sin in the house of the Lord to be in charge and running and managing the holy things of God. When they themselves, who they allowed, did not have any regard of knowing God, never received any instructions, did not qualify for that charge. And so the point here is we don't want to ever take the attitude of taking our privilege, our opportunity to come before God to serve him the holy things that he has given us, such as the word of God. That's a holy thing. Uh, such as being able to come in to his house. The house of God is part of the holy things. We, we give high regard and esteem to the fact that we're called into a holy gathering among holy brethren, holy brethren, uh, where there's a holy word that is being preached from a holy man of God that God has put in place. All of the holy things that God has allowed that we have respect and honor for those things, hey, for the sake of the anointing for the sake of the anointing, so that something can happen in the presence of God. Something can be given to us that gives us life. Healing can take place when we are respectful of the holy things of God. Change and transformation can occur when we have respect for the holy things of God. We don't ever want to corrupt 
the anointing. As the Old Testament says, there's a fly in the ointment to where it was left exposed and something nasty and germy got into something that was clean and something that was holy. And a lot of times, and I don't know why God gave me this message, but in, in, and since I start looking around at America, I start looking around at the churches and how so many churches have allowed so many things to enter in that are so far away from God. And God is going to stir this country. He's going to stir his churches. He's going to stir his pulpits to wake up and recognize that what I have given and what I have privileged you to have, these are holy things and they are not to be compromised. Thus saith the Lord, they are my things. And those who cannot recognize these things, he says, I will distance them from me. Yeah, they'll work for me, but I'll leave them at a distance. I'll let them minister to the people. But those who have a recognition that this comes from me, I'll let them come near to me. I'll let them continue to be full of me. They will inherit me in everything that I have. Because that's what we're talking about. Inheritance, not just inheriting things. We're talking about inheriting God himself. For the Lord shall be their inheritance above all other things. And so there has to be an attitude a recognition, a zeal, a respect that says this belongs to God. I don't care what port or what identity you have in life or where you came from or what you have, be it black or white or Democrat or Republic or sinner or not sinner. It does not matter. God has called all people to know him and come into holiness with him. So I can't be satisfied with my physical identity. I'm a black man or I'm this or I'm that. That it means nothing to God. God wants you to come into holiness with him. If we all became holy unto the Lord, then they, we will start to live like those who inherit God and God can then use us to show the rest of the world this is what it looks like to walk with me. Amen. Look, look, look at this. I want you to see this in, 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 in just the next a few scriptures down. Look at, look at verse 15 because this is another group of people. Out of all of the Levites that had gone astray that God says, I'm not going to let them close to me. But there were a people, part of the Levitical priesthood, who were very dedicated unto God. And he says of them in verse 15 of chapter 44, he says, but, you know what but means, don't you? That means here, here's something else, the opposite of what I just got through talking about. But the priest, the Levites, the sons of Zadok, they or that keep the charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me they shall come near unto me to minister unto me they and they shall stand before me to offer unto me the fat and the blood saith the Lord God they shall enter into my sanctuary and they shall come near to the table of my table to minister unto me they shall keep my charge they, they, and it shall come to pass that when they enter into the gates of the inner court, they shall be clothed with linen garments and no wool shall come upon them whilst they minister in the gates of the inner court and within. And they shall have linen bonnets upon their heads and shall have linen breeches upon their loins and they shall not gird themselves with anything that causes sweat. Kind of like me, I'm up here sweating now. And when they go forth into the utter outer court or the utter court, 
even unto the utter court to the people. They shall put off their garments, because they're holy, wherein they ministered and lay them in the holy chambers, and they shall put on other garments, and they shall not, and they shall not sanctify the people with their garments, neither shall they have their heads, nor they suffer their locks to grow long. They shall wholly pole or only pole their heads. Neither shall any priest drink wine when they enter into the inner court. Skip down to verse 23. I want you to see that especially. This is what their responsibility is going to be. They and they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane and cause them to discern between the clean and, or the unclean and the clean. You see that? That's what God wants to use priests who recognize holiness unto the Lord, that they respect and regard and esteem the things of God in such a way that they are the overcomers. This to me is a prophetic picture of the overcomers of the church. That's what overcomers will be able to do. The overcomers are the people who grow up spiritually in the church who have learned to make the difference between that which is holy and that which is profane. That which is unclean and that which is clean. That which is precious unto God and that which is vile and fleshy. They have learned to discern and know the difference and they're able to help other people see that difference who normally wouldn't see that difference. I'm telling you today there's a problem in the church where there has been a blurred line where people cannot tell the difference between precious and vile and holy and profane because people are so in the church, they're so in love with the things of this world and they're so guided by the lust of their flesh that it's all convoluted in their vision and they have not learned to discern the difference between the two. So that when you are at home or when you're watching TV, you start to conduct yourself in a way that says this that I live in in this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and I shall not let this temple be involved in any and everything. I shall not let these eyes look upon everything. Like Job said, I make a covenant with my eyes not to look on another woman. Oh. Oh yeah, oh yeah. See, it becomes when you start growing in God, you start growing. It's not how, listen, you can't get into heaven by this. You, it's not about how good you are, but I'm telling you, maturity starts to learn how to discern what to do and what not to do, what to allow and what not to allow. How to give respect for God. And listen, I'm going to take it. I'm going to bring it right in here and, and, and what it is and how the church, the attitude to the God. There is no way on this earth the church, the saints of God, should come into God's house and give him second best. And give, give God our leftovers. We, we've worked for the man and for the boss all week long. We've come on time to, to the job to get our paycheck. And at the end of the week, we come in here late unto God, unto the Lord. No, 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 no. This is the last place that I want to be disrespectful and, and disregarding unto the Lord. I don't want to be a priest that gives God my last or my worst. I want to respect if God has called me to a place to worship him and they say, be there at this time. Here I am, Lord, to worship you and lift up what? Holy hands without wrath or doubting. I'm here to listen to your holy word because you've given me something holy to receive here. Listen, I'm telling you, this is not something 
to come and be late everywhere else. Go somewhere else and have a last minute attitude at the restaurant or at the school or wherever you work. Treat that with, with lowliness. But when it comes to God, you treat this like this is the best thing that ever happened to you in Jesus' name. Are y'all listening to me? This is what, this, this, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a zeal that we have to have for the things of the living God. This is eternity we're talking about. This is eternal purpose and inheritance that God is giving us. You don't treat this like this is some little bitty thing or some nobody thing that's happening in the world. Listen, whatever you can get in the world, it's gonna come and it's gonna go, but this, what we receive here has to be something that's going to last forever in the name of Jesus. I, 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 I'm sorry, I've got to do it because, listen, there's not much time left. There's not much time left. And God's calling out. I told you a couple of years ago that the Lord, his voice is going to reign as a king speaking. He's not going to be speaking like a soft, gentle savior. He's always been that. But now his voice is going to come across like a lion, like a king that roars and that's going to shake you at the very foundations of where you think and where you live and where you feel. And you're going to have to make a decision to do what he says and jump and get in order because he's not playing around. And if you can't listen to a king, then you'll be bypassed, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So this is the time for us to make a decision, to get it right, and to put our attitude on. If we're going to come here, let's come and give it our all and do what God asks us to do and do it with a God, you are my God and I love you and you are first in my life and have that kind of attitude. And listen, if we can't do it, hey, listen, you can do that. You, listen, you can fool around and be lax anywhere. But why here? Not here. Why, why, why should God get that? Are y'all listening to me? I, I want you to think of why should God be the one who gets our, our, our second best or our leftovers? Uh oh, y'all, 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 y'all looking at me funny now. I'm going to bag up here. I'm from Chicago. I know how to fight. <laughs> I know how to create some distance to either throw the first punch or either run. <laughs> Are y'all listening to me? God is deserving and we have to take the holy things. This is a privilege, you don't get this. You know, nobody has, you don't get to be with a king and receive the things of a king, except he invites you in. You remember Esther who wanted to, was told to go before the king, call for his attention. And she feared that because she understood as she requested his audience that he could have her killed. You just don't walk up on a king. You have to be invited in. And she said, unless he holds out the golden scepter to, to say, all right, I welcome you. Do you know when God sent Jesus, he held out the golden scepter and said, I want you to come to me. Be reconciled to me. And what we're supposed to do that is honor that. Thank you, you let me in your presence. And I want to serve you, whatever you say, king, I'll do it. I, I would die away from you, but I live when I come close to you. Amen. Let's look at some things here. Go to Revelation 3.19. Little marathon here. Revelation 
We're talking about being zealous or having a zeal for the holy things of God. For God himself. He says here in Revelation 3, 19, and you know, the, the Laodicean age, church age, was found to be uh, lackadaisical. They were found to be lukewarm. They said of themselves or thought of themselves that we are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Uh, they, they approached God as if they had it all together and they were far from it. They didn't realize that they were blind and naked and poor and miserable. And Jesus said to them in verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. And look at the rebuke. He says, be zealous, be zealous, therefore, and repent. Be zealous. That's a word of heat, of passion. I said last week that, that the word zealous is related to the word jealous. Sounds alike, don't they? they they're related. They come out of the same Old. And, and it one has to do with heat, passion, burning. You know, it, it, you know when, when you have, a, say, for instance, a relationship between a husband and wife, of my wife, I know that the circle, the, the connection, the, 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 the immediate circle of intimacy between my wife and I is between her and is between me. And what goes on between her and me is an intimate thing that is found in marriage and no one else can partake of that connection, right? And so it would be an awful thing if my wife allowed some man to give or receive the attention that comes from me that she would partake in that because he would have come and entered into that inner space of our intimacy, or if I allowed a woman to come in and, and get the same kind of attention that belongs to her, that would, that would be a, a contradiction to the intimacy that we have between each other. And so if, if that were to happen, I can tell you some zeal would jump up. You, you see the picture? It, 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 we say jealousy because jealousy starts to provoke this this distrust of the words she used a few weeks ago, a distrust in faithfulness occurs and it creates jealousy, it creates zeal, it creates fire, it makes, it, you, get, you get on, on, on fire, you get angry, you get start burning. Wait a minute, this is not supposed to happen. This, no, something's gonna change. You know, she might start pointing her finger and wiggling her head uh, and snapping her finger and, and say, listen brother, you, we're not gonna play this like this. You know, her zeal, her zeal has, has gone through the roof. All right, and, 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 and in my zeal, if it was the verse or other way around, my zeal would go up. And you know, and I'd be saying, hey sister, you know, you know something gonna, somebody gonna, gonna, gonna go end up in the hospital. You know, if, if we don't cut this out, somebody gonna get slung through the wall real quick. You know, him, you, or both of you. <laughs> you know, uh, zeal makes you that way. Zeal makes you that way. Jealous, it's a jealousy, it's a zeal, it's a fire that says this is mine, this belongs to me, this is not to be compromised. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? 
This is why when Jesus came out and he walked into the temple and he saw them selling and merchandising in his temple and he came and he saw this and he started turning over tables and kicking over money changers and he had a zeal and he said the next scripture his disciples thought, hey, this is the scripture that he says, therefore is my zeal for mine house has eaten me up zeal for the house. He said, this is the house of God. It's not a den of thieves. This house belongs to God. It is a holy thing. You're not supposed to come in here and do these things and conduct this, this kind of behavior in God's house. His zeal stood up because this is a precious, intimate thing between God and his people. Zeal. It makes you burn for the intimacy and the holiness that you have from God and you don't want anything to compromise it. Hallelujah. Look at uh, what Jesus says here. Matthew 7 and 6. Let's look at that one. Matthew 7. Turn there real quick. Matthew 7 and 6. Are you all still with me? Have I lost you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's hard. But see, I, I want you to understand the things that are precious to you, you wouldn't want somebody else who had a right to that to trash or belittle what was precious to you. Wouldn't that upset you? You know, somebody came into your home and started treating your home like... Uh, like it was like they were in a barn or something. They're swinging doors open, slamming stuff, leaving the refrigerator, moving, eating your food without your permission. And people came in and started walking in your house and living and acting in such a way that you never invited them, you never gave them permission to do, and start treating your house outside of the way you live in it. You'd be highly upset. Amen. What if I came with a dump truck and dumped a bunch of trash and garbage in your front yard? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Sit up there and look and say, ooh, he put trash in my front yard. No, 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 no. We might have to go find granddaddy's shotgun. You're not even going to get the truck up high enough to dump. You're going to get off my property. If I had to get some TNT or some dynamite or something, you're going to move the truck away from my property. See, that's, that's a zeal. If you value your property and you do, you don't want anyone coming on your property and treating it like garbage. Why would God, if man feels that way about his stuff, why would God be any different and his stuff is far more valuable? Amen, y'all. We're not coming in here, the attitude, I don't want anybody having the attitude to come in here and just eat, chew gum, throw paper on the floor. I see. Paper wrappers, I don't know how people can drop paper, open up men. It's fine if you put a in your mind. Why drop it on the table, on the floor? Why sit up here and clip your fingernails? I've seen fingernail clippings in here. Why, why, why do these type of things? Why here? Stay home and do that. Treat God's house like it's something. Have respect, a zeal for his house. We shouldn't come in here and be on Facebook and Twitter and all this stuff, putting posting notes. Unless you're saying, man, pastor preaching a real message today. You shouldn't be doing that. You should be, you know, you're looking at your scriptures or looking at your Bible. Yes. 
Matthew 7, 6, you there? Give not, give not. Everybody say give not. Give not that which is holy or that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample under their feet, them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. Isn't that something? You openly let dogs partake of the holy things or interrupt or interfere with your holy things that God gives you and then turn around and trample under it and treat it like it's nothing and then turn around and bite you. That's kind of like messing with a, letting, letting a, 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 a snake, a rattlesnake in your, in your yard, thinking you're going to have a pet. All right. Thinking you're going to pet him and play with him like a little rabbit and he fools around and bites you right. when you shouldn't have been playing with it. Holy things are to remain holy. You are holy people. You have a holy calling. You are brought into a holy house. You're being preached a holy word. You should have respect and honor for that. And you shouldn't let anyone compromise that. You shouldn't let anything take that, take that out of first place for you. There should be nothing in this world that comes ahead of that for you. Yeah. First things first. This is why Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first. Put him first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added. God will give you everything else you need. But first things first. He is first. God is my inheritance. I'm seeking after him. You have an inheritance that you're living for. An inheritance is not something that you just kind of guess at and, and shoot in the dark at and hope that at the end of time I come before God and there God is going to give me an inheritance. Lord, what are you going to give me? No, inheritance is obtained and, and, and you strive for it day by day. Day by day. Today, you make sure you have a holy attitude. Today, you have a respect for God. Today, you put his word first. And today will be a day forever that you have done something toward your inheritance. So every day that I live for God and every day that I have respect for God is a day that draws me closer and closer to a rich and bountiful inheritance in God. Amen. You see, this is how we are made the bride of Christ by our being diligent and zealous to him as a husband unto us. This is what Paul cried for. Let's look at one more. Let's I weary you. Go to second, go to second Corinthians. I believe it's second Corinthians. Mm-hmm, second Corinthians. You there? 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. You got it, Greg. Look at verse 1. It says, What to God you could bear with me a little in my folly? I mean, let me just be a little foolish with you here. And indeed, bear with me. For I am, watch this, I am jealous over you. And he's really saying, my zeal 
my zeal is over you with a godly jealousy for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, you see, he shows a distrust in their faithfulness. He, the Corinthians, he knew were little babes and he had a distrust in their faithfulness. This is why his zeal is so pronounced because he didn't trust their ability to be faithful, to walk toward their inheritance. And he says, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So he wants you to remain focused. He's really anguished over them remaining focused on Christ so that they can be prepared to marry him. They can be the bride. They can inherit. They can be an overcomer in Christ Jesus. They can inherit everything in him if they just remain on course, keep Christ in the center of their view, not turn to the left, don't turn to the right, don't be beguiled, don't be distracted, don't let something lure you on of the course stay simply on Christ in the simplicity that is in Christ don't let anything beguile you don't let anything get your attention and try to trick you listen don't be deceived stay with the simplicity of Christ don't get in all the complexities of different religions of different doctrines of religious forms stay in the simplicity that is in Christ so that you can end up being a chaste virgin you can be presented before Christ he is the only husband I can't let you I'm not wanting you to get married to something else to someone else or these other things or these other forces or these other powers that are trying to get your attention and take you out on a date and 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 listen take you in back in the back seat of the alleyways in the back seat of a car somewhere because a lot of these powers want to do you in they want to be intimate with you they want to sow their seeds in you but listen you can't go and be finagling around with other powers that want to reproduce that evil and that wickedness in your thought life you want to stay with the honesty of the purity the holiness of what God is saying to you so that you can be a pure bride before him you can be zealous for the holy things I have no need for all of these other things I'm not going to be an Esau that was his problem the Bible I couldn't figure out for years why the Bible called Esau profane but I understood that he was allowed to walk into a holy thing by having a birthright but then when he turned his back and sold his birthright that was a profane profane thing that was an unholy thing and the Bible says that he lost his birthright he lost his blessing from God because he did not have the mindset to choose the holy but versus he chose rather he chose the profane he chose what was unclean to God and we are here to grow up yes to grow up in God and know how to choose. I see the difference between good and evil. I'm not going to be baited or lured to live after this or that. I'm going to live for the God himself and keep it holy. Keep holy things holy. Amen. I'm kind of like Paul. My mind is just sometimes in such anguish because I know what's near and I know what's coming 
and I want to see you ready. I don't want God to have to have a criticism about you. So I'd rather be the one, use me God to make the criticisms now. Let's make the corrections now. So that in the process of time, we can overcome these things and take on a mindset that says, I am your bride, Lord. You are my inheritance. I want you. I live for you. You can trust me with your anointing. You can trust me with your gifts. You can trust me with the holy things. You can trust me to pray for people. You can trust me with your word. You can trust me to serve in the assignments that you have given me to serve. You can trust me. See, that comes right back into the faithfulness that we heard about a few weeks ago. Faithful unto the Lord. It's a display of continuous trust with the holy things. We can't put money ahead of God. We can't put jobs ahead of God. We cannot put houses and land ahead of God. You can't, you'll fall. Stand on God and him alone. He is your inheritance. You are the priest today. And I'm trying to tell you and try to open your understanding by the spirit, you have an inheritance in God. It is you who bear the iniquity of this, which means you have the responsibility. You have the responsibility. I am taking on, listen, look at the responsibility I have to sit here and, 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 and lead people. I didn't ask for this. I would have never chosen this. But God said, come here. I know you love learning the word, but now I'm calling you to teach the word. And that's how it is. The more you grow in your discernment to know what God values, the more God uses you to minister that to others because he wants someone else to know the difference as well. And if we're getting ready for a harvest of souls that's gonna be coming in, this house has to be qualified for that. We have to be qualified. We can't be a bunch of people who don't know the difference and God sends a boatload of people in here from out of the world who don't know him and we don't know how to live before them and show them what's the difference in God and what's not, what's clean and unclean, what's profane and what's holy and we don't know the difference. It's not gonna help them at all. So in our growth and maturity, we have to be able to live it and to be able to teach it. And it will be an example set before others so that they can learn. Because God is in the business of getting people saved and getting them trained and getting them taught for his kingdom. And we either can be in flow of that or we can be in the way of that. But if you're in the way, I promise you God will go right around you. All right, amen. Let's stand to our feet. I'm a, I'll stop there.